2: Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us for a new week of African Dialogue. Yes, you are right here where you get the African perspective right here on Channel Africa. Thank you for joining us on our various platforms. You should know by now we're on shortwave on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. Thank you for joining us. It's If you are on DSTV and that is on channel 802 on the audio bouquet and you can also stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.za Well today our focus is in South Africa. We're looking at uh, the President Cyril Ramaphosa's uh, uh, two day jobs summit that took place uh, yesterday. Last week rather, not yesterday It started from Thursday, ended around Friday It announced the government Has signed a framework agreement Which is expected to create 275,000 Jobs annually And uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa said This could provide an opportunity To develop trust and forge cooperation Speaking at the National Jobs Summit held last week Ramaphosa said a lot needed to be done To lift the economy, which saw a recession In the second quarter, furthermore the financial sector has committed 100 billion rand over the next 5 years to support black black businesses also the question how will that actually unfold the summit uh, collaboration between business labor and government aims to find ways to address the country's high unemployment rates well we're going to be unpacking this particular uh, development in south africa does south africa has the capacity is there enough money to actually endeavor on this particular project joining us on the line we've got amanda fitchin who's an economist at amandla consulting and also we have uh, labor analyst mamukheti Malopiana uh, joining us on the line let me start with you amanda in terms of uh, were you actually optimistic around the outcomes of the job summit last week what are the things and key areas that stood out for you while you were viewing it from your perspective
3: good morning Um, I think the number 275,000 jobs must strike everybody as um, very optimistic, Mm. Um, and it immediately jumps out at me as my question is how are we going to do it? We can come up with these numbers as we've done many, many times in the past, Um, but where where exactly are these jobs going to come from? So that would be my overriding question from the summit. Where exactly? If they've come up with a number of 275, one assumes that they've gone and done some in research uh, and can if they can quantify, where are these jobs are going to come from?
2: Well, What are your thoughts, Mamukheti? Do you agree that this figure 275,000 may be a bit too exaggerated, just like Amanda could be alluding to?
1: Well, the the, the the argument, I think, for me, what uh, stands out is how, as Amanda said, did they come to the numbers. Uh, but more importantly, giving the track record of government. Um, and i least three examples. In 2011, President Zuma called it the year of the jobs. They were supposed to create more than one million jobs. It didn't materialize. Mm. The new growth passed under the Economic Development Department. Uh, was supposed to create five million jobs. There still hasn't been feedback on that. Um, in various zonas, the President Zuma has spoken about job opportunities for young people. That hasn't materialized. And I think the fourth part of that I'll add is the youth wage subsidy or the tax incentive scheme that are supposed to lift out of unemployment young graduates into workplace that we haven't seen. There's the same numbers often paint a picture that uh, the unemployed graduate number is going up. So for me, that's that. That, 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 That's how I'm trying to contextualize it, that Mm. your previous efforts of big numbers uh, have failed. Um, And even though you have weakened it down now to 285 or 75,000 jobs a year, how is that going to happen, as Amanda had said?
2: Well, what they've been saying when I was listening to some of the key speakers at uh, the summit, Mamukheti, was the fact that they want to actually uh, stimulate uh, the manufacturing uh, industry in itself. Also, they want to, uh, as highlighted by the president, uh, also revive uh, a township economy. That that rhetoric has been heard before. And also the issue of making sure that uh, uh, there's a subsidy-created for, uh, for for youth employment is another thing that could actually deal with some of those areas of youth unemployment that you highlighted. What are your thoughts on those particular focuses?
1: Well, first of all, when you talk about the township economy, we have to be cognizant of the fact that it was a, a, a rhetoric language that emerged uh, leading... Uh, within various factional battles within the ANC. As such, uh, when it became sort of a program of theirs, uh, it hasn't really materialized in, 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 in delivering what is expected of it or what it promised it would. And when they talk about revitalizing township economy, what do they mean? Because it is just the other day a year or two ago that they started talking about township economy. Secondly, when the, um, the, the job summit discussed manufacturing and looked to it as a potential job creator, that devastated me in a sarcastic way because um, we cannot compete. It's a given. Studies have shown we cannot compete with Asia Asian and nation, Asian tigers or mm. countries mm. like Singapore, Malaysia, uh, South uh, Korea that have perfected manufacturing and have made it part of their global outreach, and and so when we opened our economy post '94 and let Chinese products flood our market, we subsequently killed our manufacturing sector. How are we going to revive it after that? For me, that is arguably government's greatest meeting if they could do it, that perhaps would be their biggest achievement. And then when you come to youth job creation, they are going, and for me this is um, the biggest crisis of South Africa given that the 27.2% of national unemployment is nothing compared to double that figure of over 50% youth unemployment in a country that in the next 10 years will have a younger population. So again, clarity needs to be given by the job summit as to how are they going to create youth uh, jobs for the youth. And if entrepreneurship, they assume, is the solution, it couldn't be far from from the
2: truth. Mm. Uh, I'm sure, Amanda, you concur with some of the viewpoints coming out from uh, Mamukheti. Yes, absolutely. Um, all of this,
3: it's all very well to talk, and it costs a lot of money to talk as well, um, money which could be used in creating jobs, just as an aside. Um, but what worries me a lot is that uh, you, you alluded to the, the capital that's coming in from um, the private sector. Um, from my reading of it, it's all for um, black businesses and so on. If we're really serious about creating jobs in this country, we shouldn't worry about where they are created as long as somebody creates a job. So whether it's a person who has a small business that employs a cleaner or it's a multi-million rand um, industry that um, exports to the world – If they create a job, that's all that we're after. It doesn't matter who's creating the job. And I think there's still too much focus on things which get in the way of creating jobs.
2: Well, we'll look at that particular viewpoint that is brought there by Amanda Fitchin. What are your thoughts of that? Remember, you can tell us, sir, do you think that this is a reality, this idea of creating 275,000 jobs each year, and that was the framework agreement. How will that actually unpack itself in terms of realizing those jobs on the ground? Because the reality is you need entrepreneurs, you need innovation, you need also um demand for certain products you need to stimulate new industries uh, our ITC sectors are also not really 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 strong in the country where are we going to get these jobs from uh, that's the big question that we're asking today as we look back at South Africa's job summit that was taking place last week we've got Mamohete Molupiani who's a labor analyst joining us on the line Amanda Fitchin economist at Amanda Consulting will continue this discussion with them unpacking uh, these uh, big st- statements that were made last week at this gathering.
0: Welcome to Change Your Game on Channel Africa, the African perspective. We are coming to you from Johannesburg, right here in South Africa. I'm Asanda Beda, your host. Change Your Game, the program that promotes open discussion and social dialogue as we highlight real issues in the African entrepreneurship ecosystem. Trevor Mumba now joins us in studio to talk about his entrepreneurial and personal journey. Welcome to Change Your Game, Trevor.
2: Thank you so much. Um, it's an honor to be here.
0: Palisa Mukubong, who's a designer. Welcome, Palisa, to Change Your Game. Thank you. Your role at the fourth annual Fashion Without Borders event. I just know that I need to arrive and, and,
3: <laughs> okay. and do my part and do it really, really well. Right.
2: Thank you for joining us uh, here on Channel Africa. Uh, yes, uh, you are listening to us on our various platforms. Yes, we are a unique platform. Uh, we broadcast uh, mainly in Sub-Saharan Africa and uh, that is through our frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa. Remember, if you're in South Africa and I know that some sort countries can get access to us via DSTV you can find us on DSTV channel 802 on the audio K and international. We do have a following and those who listen to us on that platform remember we are on our website www.channelafrica.co.za the issue of unemployment is a big one not just in south africa but continentally in south africa uh, th- last week Actually, held its job summit. This is after it actually went under a recession very recently, and uh, now the real question around the economy of South Africa, looking at issues of land reformation, amongst issues of uh, the divide of uh, uh, the unemployment gaps, which is also racial. I disagree with Amanda Fitchin that we can't racialize the economy because sometimes when you look at the inequalities, they do have a racial distinction to them. But who's going to create those jobs? That's another question, as Amanda was questioning that particular element of things. But we're looking back at this idea of creating 275,000 jobs over a year annually. Is it just another promise that's coming out from the rhetoric of the ANC leadership? We know we had the same kind of... Uh, um, Viewpoints coming from even our previous uh, President uh, uh, Jacob Zuma who wanted to stimulate infrastructural um, capacity and spoke about that uh, uh, public works will actually... uh, you know, cushion uh the unemployment rate and actually employ a lot of people. But We didn't see that actually happening and as Mamukheti was speaking uh, before we went on that break, the youth unemployment is still a huge, huge issue in terms of South Africa's economy. Now, Mamukheti, let me come to you. What do you think of that issue of how also the economy and the conversation narrative is taking place? Because Amanda had a problem with the fact that now we're speaking around issues of of racializing the the economy and who's going to benefit from creating those jobs that we are talking about. What's your pointer to that issue that Amanda brought forward?
1: Well, we we have an economy that has historically and structurally sidelined, and that's a mild word of using, uh, black people. And as such, it continues to have features within itself in terms of The number of people that are employed or unemployed. As we have seen over and over, um, when the numbers from the Commission of Employment Equity Report comes out um, in terms of who occupies what position and who is more employed in various industries, it always is skewed in in the sense that It's very black and white, Mm. uh, certainly, and it's a fact we cannot run away from. And and Mm. so for me, the the challenge then is we must always, as we develop policies, and I wrote about it in one of my columns, as Mm. we develop policy as, as a country, we not only need to factor in the legacies of apartheid, but at the same time, we must factor the reality of being part of a global economy that moves fast, that is nimble, and that often doesn't wait for countries to sort out their own micro-challenges. Mm. And, and, and and so for me, what is important at the moment, for the average youth that's unemployed, graduate or not, and even adults that have been retrenched, uh, the, their current concern is, how do I get a job? Where do I get a job? And the discussions that happen at the job summit, although it impacts them, to them it doesn't matter. For the average young person who graduated last year sitting with a degree, they're asking themselves, I've been applying for jobs, but I'm not getting any, what can I do? So uh, unless governments put on a hat that thinks along how to solve that, uh, we will still continue to to struggle with creating employment, Mm. I Mm. must emphasize Mm. that in all of this, though, government cannot lead job creation. It must be the private sector that leads job creation. Government must create such a smooth and easy to operate in environment uh, so that the private sector can have what they call the ease of doing business um, so that they can create jobs because already we know, based on government debt, based on the number of people employed in the public sector, based on the wages, that in the longer run, it's unsustainable to have uh, the public sector being the biggest employer in a country.
2: Mm. You know, coming back to you, Amanda, and I agree with uh, Mamukhet in terms of speaking around the red tape of creating business in a country such as South Africa. But what's also really worrying is the fact that uh, we're not innovative enough in our industries. And it seems like we've not really emphasized areas such as development of innovation industries such as IITC. And also, um, we're seeing ourselves relying on traditional industries such as the mining industry industry uh, which seems to be our real um, area where we're seeing also uh, those jobs bleeding uh, but we need to find new innovative wo- ways of creating an entrepreneurial culture in new innovative um, um, systems
3: well if you ask somebody who hadn't read anything about the Job summit mm. but who has been reading about South Africa in the last let's say three months, um which sector they would see as the least likely to um, ad- add to jobs they probably uniformly say the farming sector because mm. there's so much uncertainty in the farming sector now, mm. and yet the job summit's numbers I think uh, reads are um, heavily dependent on jobs being created in the farming industry. Mm. So, you know, my biggest concern is that we try to do with, we compartmentalise things in South Africa. And when policies are made, they don't take into account all sorts of other knock-on effects. Nobody is disputing that there should be transformation and that we should see change in ownership and um, change in employment patterns. That's a given. But... When you have things such as the job summit saying we need to employ more people, but at the same time we have a um, social development policy which uh, provides grants to certain people, Um, research has shown that the SASA grants encourage people not to necessarily want to get trained because the effects on, um, you know, they can get a SASA grant. It's included in um, items such as, or issues such as population control and what I'm going to say is pot- potentially controversial. There are other ways of de- dealing with with unemployment and employment. One of the, the largest ways to deal with it and it's done across the world, it's not something that's coming out of South Africa. We need to look at our population growth figures because unemployment's not something that's going to go away after we've had this job summit and everybody gets their jobs when 275,000 are created. We have to start looking broadly at the issues within the economy why do we have lots of poor people why do we have lots of poor people that want jobs it's not just an answer to oh well we don't have enough private sector people creating or there aren't enough entrepreneurs within the economy there are are bigger issues that we need to take into account and policies and policy um, prescriptions need to take account of cross-cutting effects within the economy. So speaking about land restitution is fine within the context of history and land restitution, but one has to accept that there are going to be knock-on effects into the farming sector. Mm. People are losing their jobs in the farming sector right now. We're not adding to jobs in the farming sector, Mm. not because... There's a drought. Well, there is a drought, but it's, the job losses are not um, attributable to the to the drought.
2: Mm. Well, let let me take it to you, Mamukhetu. What do you think of that? I'm looking at this graph on your uh, Twitter account where you actually had this uh, graph looking at the job summit in numbers and it highlights the the ambition when it comes to horticultural trade. Um, The demand for fresh produce could increase from 54 billion rands to 90 billion rands by 2030. It's easy to say those numbers, but with the kind of... um, um, political uh, conversation we're having in the the land issue, it's very difficult to see that unfolding because then you need to also strengthen other uh, factors when it comes to the agricultural sector.
1: Yes. Look, uh, um, uh, on that aspect, one thing is clear, and much like the mining industry that I tend to deal a lot with, mm. equally so the agricultural sector is partially mechanizing most of its operations and and as such as amanda had said there are retrenchments within that set time. it cannot be seen as a failure of job creation or something that's going to create substantial jobs that can sustain people i disagree with Amanda on a couple of issues okay. however this this is not just about my view or, this is not just about the two hmm. of us so. So in the broader context, yes, we are going to have to find a way where the policy linkages, and I I write extensively about this, that there's there's clear connection between the reality of a policy that's been drafted and the regulators' way of enforcing that policy in the broader context of we are in a global economy, as I had said earlier. So we cannot simply linearize or make our policy look inward. We must always focus outward in a way because the world is, and I use the mining sector as an example, the world is not going to wait for South Africa while it was wrangling and arguing about its mining charter. It continues to investment move elsewhere. And even though government would like to focus much more on issues that may perhaps be election scoring point. Mm. the reality is that for me it's critical that we move beyond that and focus on how do we revive the economy how do we jumpstart the economy how do we get its engines working again so that it can grow at a percentage that creates uh, mm. jobs that uh, afford people sure. uh, better living conditions but also can stimulate spending and enable the economy to continue to grow because that Mm. for me is the critical part how do we get the economic engine going again
2: Okay, I'm going to take a quick break and we're going to wrap up the discussion with both of you after this. Let's get our last part after the break and I want to get your um, viewpoints on some suggestions on where we need to really stimulate things. The situation is, dire, we're seeing a real bloated um, public workforce. I know that was an issue also for the international um, monetary bodies um, and uh, agencies that have been rating us the issue of also making sure that uh, you actually loosen that tight um, red tape that uh, both Yuma Mokhet and Amanda were speaking about, what more needs to be done to make uh, South Africa more attractive. But we'll deal with those uh, questions after this break. Swiss chocolate wouldn't be Swiss chocolate without African cocoa. (laughs) You know, it's funny when you think about it that way because you realize just how important Africa is to the global economy. And as long as we are deemed to be inferior by the community out there, nothing's ever going to change. I believe it was one of the uh, ancient Greek philosophers who said that when we teach, we'll learn twice. Hello, Africa. Welcome to 1000 African Voices on Channel Africa. 1000 African Voices every Saturday morning at 9am with repeats on Sundays between 10 and 11 as well as on Monday morning between 3 and 4 Central African Time 1000 African Voices with me, We C on Channel Africa the voice of the African Renaissance from an African Perspective This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite from an African perspective.
1: Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French and English, giving you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Tandalu and you are listening to Channel Africa.
0: We are from African faces. Channel Africa
2: bringing you the African perspective. Definitely. This is all about the African perspective. This is Channel Africa, where we give you news content right from the African continent, from the Africans themselves. So thank you for joining us on our various platforms, on Shortwave, on DSTV, and if you're listening to us on our website, www.channelafrica.co.za. Thank you for joining me, Benjamin Mushatama, right here on African dialog where from Monday and Thursday. We really uh, speak to some of the best analysts and experts, Experts to look at the big subject matters on the African uh, continent. Sometimes in the uh, uh, s- culture of Twitter, we just want one-liners and context sometimes is dismissed. And this is where we want to bring back the issues of context. Now, I've got Amanda Fitchin, as I mentioned when we started the program, economist at Amandla Consulting. And if you just joined us, I also have Mamukheti Moulopiane, who is a labor analyst in South Africa. Amanda, let's look at... Uh, If we're going to get this right, where do we need to start? Definitely, we do have a conservative uh, economy right now and uh, issues of uh, political um, ideas that have been pointed out that you and Mamo have been speaking about, especially the issue of land reformation has been a big one that has actually kept our markets very conservative around how they do business. How do we move things forward? How do we make sure that the unemployed get employed? Also, how do we make sure that we get skilled people into the right spaces because sometimes we do have that challenge of not having uh, the right skilled personnel.
3: Well, there's no alternative. There has to be economic growth and um, all the focus needs to be on turning the economy around. Uh, A big ship doesn't turn easily Mm -hmm. um, and we are in a recession at the moment Mm. and so that's going to be Uh, something that counts against potential um, decrease in unemployment numbers. Um, How do we get economic growth? Um, Well, there are lots of um, government departments encouraging uh, growth in small businesses. I think our growth should come from small businesses, wherever they are. especially given the nature of our unemployment um, statistics. Uh, most unemployed people are un- uh, unskilled or semi-skilled, mm. and so it's not that we need to create uh, a very fancy, lots of fancy new jobs mm. for graduates. Um, to, to make a dent on our unemployment rate, we can um, get unskilled and semi-skilled people into jobs. I just would like to see that there's less government involvement in this because in many respects, government sometimes trips up the private sector in in policy. And so my wish would be that whatever the, wherever the economic growth comes from, that it be based in the private sector um, rather than the government sector seeing as an employer of last resort.
2: Mamukhetu, what are your thoughts on solutions? Well, I think I, I lost my Mochiti there. Um, I'm not sure if she's still on the line. I can just hear uh, her audio clipping there. Uh, but, okay, that's where I'm going to wrap it up, uh, as you could hear there, uh, where Amanda was speaking about the fact that we do have a, a very much narrative in our business and economy that is determined by a lot of interruptions from government. She says that has to really be uh, brought to uh, the low if we're going to see actually a business actually creating uh, jobs they want to do things in their own uh, pace and uh, we'll see how things move forward I'm sure we'll be watching the space in terms of what is happening can we actually achieve this 275,000 jobs annually and is it a ticket card for the current ruling party uh, to actually excite uh, um, the population that they can create these jobs and uh, is it just a talking point or is it just another thing that we're going to see ourselves falling from? Uh, But uh, those are our discussions and views that we got from you. What do you think of uh, uh, some of uh, these ideas that came out from the show today? It seems like both of our analysts were not very optimistic around the grand ambitions from the job summit. What are your thoughts? Remember interact with us on our Twitter handle at Channel Africa 1. That's at Channel Africa 1 and And we want to hear your thoughts on our uh, Twitter handle for this particular program at African Dialogue. And remember, you can also find us on uh, Facebook. Our Facebook page is simply titled uh, Channel Africa. Well, I'm going to take a quick break and we'll do that with some music. This is P Square and Akon. And this one is titled Chop My Money. And then when we come back, remember, we still have our business news coming up. And then thereafter, we'll have our sports update.
0: It's the remix, yeah The remix, yeah So fly a B-square mister Maybe, Convict Music. First of all, you're the type of woman that stays on my mind Walk down the street, every guy wanna jump on your behind It's your seduction, they make sure that we stay in line Sexual corruption, cause I'll kill anyone for your time Time die him baby who's supposed to live like family hey i know the lie. lie there's nothing stopping me she feel my swagger, and i get money i do try my best to be somebody because i'm leaving life. she's scared to make me higher higher i do feel this baby you know go believe this girl die yeah die yeah if you see this baby then i'm sad. she must drop my